What's going on, everybody? This is Ben from Retro Ben Gaming. With all the craziness happening in the world today, I decided to add a little positivity to it with this podcast. This podcast is going to focus on all things video games, whether it's discussing them, playing them, or just getting them on the cheap. Now, whether you're a PC player or a console player, I believe we all have something to add to this conversation. So I hope you enjoy the podcast, and as always, keep gaming. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I truly appreciate it. Today, we're going to talk about a series of games that I did play as a kid. In fact, I played the very first one, uh, essentially when it came out. Now, you may be thinking, how'd you play it? This game was only released in Japan. Well, as a kid, I had a friend who was Japanese, and every summer, he would go back and visit his dad. And he'd come back with all of these Japan only released video games for multiple systems. And it was like Christmas in August. It was great. So, of course, I went ahead and did the old hot butter knife to the region lock tabs on my Super Nintendo and I melted them right off. And I was able to play Super Famicom games and I loved it. Now, my buddy took care of me. He would write down the menus in English. I didn't know what anybody was saying because it was all in Japanese, but I knew. The menus and that was good enough and i could generally get the gist of the story so i enjoyed it i mean i i dealt with other media that i had no clue what i was doing but i enjoyed it anyway but uh yeah so that game along with the series is called front mission and recently i picked up the remake on the switch and uh, let me tell you it is awesome it stays true to form it looks great it plays great in my opinion it's a little more uh difficult than the original like they kind of up the difficulty I'm just saying that I could be a grumpy old man and I don't know any better, but that was my first impression, which I enjoy. I really like the challenge. If you're going to deal with this kind of game where, you know, the RTS with the big mechs and all that, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's talk about the history of Front Mission as a series. Front Mission is a collection of video games and related media produced by Square, now Square Enix. The series was created by Toshira Tsushida and developed by G-Craft a studio that was later absorbed by Square and existed within Square Enix as Product Development Division 6. Since the release of the original Front Mission in 1995, the series has gone on to encompass several media types, including film, manga, novels, radio dramas, mobile phone applications, and toys. While the series is primarily rooted in the turn-based tactical role-playing genre, it has also ventured into other genres such as side-scrolling shooters, real-time strategies, and massive multiplayer online, and third-person shooters through its spin-offs. The Front Mission video games achieved moderate success, selling over 3 million units worldwide up until January 2006. The main selling point of Front Mission is its storytelling approach, taking place during the 21st and 22nd centuries. The series revolves around military conflicts and political tension between powerful supranational unions and their member states. Although the Front Mission video games use self-contained, standalone stories, these tie into a greater overarching storyline that encompasses the entire series. In combination with the stories from its other media, the series possesses a level of storytelling depth and continuity comparable to a serial drama. Another major draw of Front Mission is its use of giant mecha called Wanzers, from the German word Wanderpanzer or Walking Tank. 
Development of the first front mission started with discussions between software developers Square and Gcraft. Square had never had another developer make a game for them, and planning proceeded slowly. But an agreement between the two was finished in the fall of 1993. Game producer and writer Toshiro Shishida presented a proposal for the game called 100 Mission to Square through its own development company, Solid, on Gcraft's behalf. When Square producer Shinji Hashimoto first saw the version of the game proposal, he thought it was too radical, and usually such proposals would not be approved. Square was not enthusiastic, repeatedly telling Toshida no robots and being told by Square that game development couldn't just be driven by a creator's passion anymore. Oh, how they got that wrong. Sushida also had difficulty explaining how much of a role robots would have in the proposed game, and so he obtained some development hardware to create a prototype of the title. Square was the only publisher at the time willing to consider Toshida's proposal. They finally agreed to make the game because they thought working in a new genre would be stimulating and it was a title they probably could not do themselves, as to that point Square had mostly made fantasy games. There are two types of front mission installments, the numbered entries and the non-numbered entries. The numbered front mission titles are all structured as tactical role-playing games. All of the front mission titles that do not have a number assigned to it are genre spin-offs. Each of the five spin-off entries are classified under different genres. Front Mission Gun Hazard is a side-scrolling shooter video game. Front Mission Alternative is a real-time strategy video game. Front Mission Online is a massive multiplayer online third-person shooter video game. Front Mission Evolved is a third-person shooter video game with rail shooter segments. In an RPG Gamer interview, the Front Mission developer Kochi Sakamoto in 2007 suggested that the development team is interested in combining real-time and turn-based aspects for future installments. Since 1995, the Front Mission series has released 15 video games, seven of which are main, i.e. numbered entries, and the other five are spin-off entries. Additionally, the series has spawned several video game ports, remakes, and compilations over its 15-year history. On July 12, 2002, a direct port of Front Mission was released for the Bandai Wonderswan Color. A year later, the video game entry received a Sony PlayStation remake under the title Front Mission First on October 23, 2003. Shortly after its release, a compilation titled Front Mission History was released in Japan on December 11, 2003. The compilation contained the Front Mission First remake, a modified Front Mission 2, and Front Mission 3. Front Mission First also spawned an enhanced port of the game on March 22, 2007 for the Nintendo DS. A second remake for Front Mission 2089 was developed and titled as Front Mission 2089 Border of Madness. This remake was released for the Nintendo DS in Japan on May 29, 2008. A third remake for Front Mission was released in 2022 for the Nintendo Switch. While all Front Mission video games have seen release in Japan, only a few have been localized overseas. Front Mission 3 was the first entry to receive both a North American and European localization on March 22, 2000, and August 11, 2000, respectively. Let me tell you, I can clearly remember buying Front Mission 3 for my PlayStation. I was at work. I worked at a local supermarket in the town next door to me, and I was walking home, and I knew the game had come out. So I went to Walmart between me and my house, between my, my, my job and my house was Walmart, and there it was on the shelf. And I bought that thing. And I played the Living Daylight Saturday that first day and night. And the next morning, I was so tired at work, but it was worth it. 
I came back to that same Walmart the next day and bought the guide to it because I realized there's going to be a lot I'm missing. Oh my gosh, that was one of the best summers. I'd, I'd recently, well, not recently, but I'd graduated high school a year ago. And at that time, I was just working and playing video games. And that was the pinnacle of my life. It was great. Front Mission 4 became the second entry to undergo an English translation and was released in North America on June 15, 2004. I also distinctly remember that buying that game and thought how amazing Front Mission looked on the PlayStation 2. And that game was a little more convoluted story-wise, but just as cool. A three-year gap followed before the localization of the Nintendo DS port of Front Mission First, which saw a release in North America on October 23, 2007. This marked the third time that a Front Mission title was localized in the North American region. Front Mission Evolved became the first spin-off entry to be localized in North America and Europe, making it the fourth and second titles, respectively, in each of those regions. Now, I also remember buying Front Mission Evolved from a GameStop, and I remember how much I hated this game. I think I was just so in the mindset that Front Mission was a real-time strategy. This was like a on-rails shooter, and I played it for maybe 15 minutes halfway through the little um, the demonstration at the very beginning, the little uh, hold-your-hand-while-you-figure-the-game-out deal, and I promptly turned it off and never played it again. It was released in Japan on September 16, 2010, in North America on September 28, 2010, and in Europe on October 8, 2010. To date, only five front mission entries have ever been officially localized and released outside of Japan. Although front mission video games venture into multiple genres, each of them contain core elements that are universal to the entire series. In the front mission series, players use playable units called Wanzers, a term for mecha derived from the German word Wanderpanzer, or walking tank. Wanzer is difficult from the typical combat unit in that it has four modular parts, body, left arm, right arm, and legs. Each part has a specific function and its own health bar. The leg parts enable movement and evasion. The arm parts are necessary to use hand and shoulder weapons, and the body part maintains the Wanzer's operability. In the event the body is destroyed, the Wanzer is removed from play completely. Destruction of arm and leg parts does not remove the Wanzer from play, but it severely cripples its performance. While the player fights, most Wanzer's vehicles, aircraft, and mobile weapon platforms are also featured. These enemy units generally have only one part, the body, and are much stronger than Wanzer's themselves. I'm fully aware I'm probably saying Wanzer's versus Wanzer's. I apologize if it bugs you guys. It's just kind of what pops in my mind at the time. I don't understand why there's a differentiation. I would try to say Wanzers because I think that's the appropriate term. But anyway, Wanzers can be customized into a variety of parts, computers, auxiliary backpacks, and weapons. The player has full control over customizing their Wanzers and can do so as long as its total weight value does not exceed its given power output. To field a Wanzer in battle, it must have a complete frame of parts, body, left arm, right arm, and legs. Parts from built-in weapons in the body or arm sections can also be equipped on a Wanzer. In most Front Mission titles, computers must also be installed. These improve the accuracy of the weapons equipped on the Wanzer. Auxiliary backpacks and weapons are not mandatory equipment to use Wanzers, but are critical in order to progress through the game. Auxiliary backpacks serve to give a Wanzer special features during combat. For example, storage backpacks allow the player to carry extra ammunition or armor repair items. In terms of weapons, there are four classes of weapons. 
melee weapons, short-range weapons, long-range weapons, and support fire weapons. Melee weapons are hand-to-hand -hand weapons with a tendency to strike the body part of its target. Knuckles, pile bunkers, and rods are examples of melee weapons. Short-range weapons such as machine guns, shotguns, and flamethrowers are used at close range and deal damage to all parts of the target. Long-range weapons have a long reach and are ideal for avoiding counterattacks. Sniper rifles, bazookas, and Gatling guns are examples of long-range weapons. Support fire weapons, such as missiles, grenades, and rockets, are indirect fire weapons. They can never be counterattacked and almost always hit the target but have a limited ammunition supply. Lastly, shields can be equipped on wanzers to absorb some of the damage taken from incoming attacks. There are other gameplay features that are commonly seen in multiple front mission titles. First is arenas, introduced in front mission. They allow the player to participate in special fights to earn monetary rewards or new parts. These fights take place in either individual matches or team battles. This feature is also present in Front Mission 2, Front Mission 5, Scars of War, Front Mission 2089, Border of Madness, and Front Mission Online. Action Points, or AP, introduced in Front Mission 2, determines the number of actions that you can take during a player and enemy phase. Every action, such as movement or counterattacks, has a certain AP cost. After one full turn, which is made up of one player phase and one enemy phase, a set amount of AP is recharged. This feature is also present in Front Mission 3, 4, and Front Mission 5, Scars of War. Links, introduced in Front Mission 2, allows multiple units to assist each other in battles. A linked unit can provide support to other units offensively and defensively. This feature is also present in Front Mission 4, and Front Mission 5, and Front Mission 2089, Border of Madness. Network. Introduced in Front Mission 2 is a pseudo-internet that allows players to gain a better understanding of the Front Mission world, its characters, and the storyline through a series of websites. The player can also access online shopping to purchase new equipment, battle simulations, and check email messages through the network. This feature is also present in Front Mission 3. Battle Simulator Introduced in Front Mission 3 allows the player to participate in VR training exercises. These training exercises can be used to increase the fighting proficiency of the player's pilots and can be taken as many times as needed. This feature is also present in Front Mission 4 and Front Mission 5. Survivor Simulator Introduced in Front Mission 5, it is a survival simulation in which the player goes through a set number of floors with one pilot. Along the way, parts and weapons can be collected and brought back for usage in the main game upon the completion of a simulation. This feature is also present in Front Mission 2089. These are the fictional nations that played a role in the major Front Mission series. Oceana Cooperative Union, or the OCU, is a supranational union of countries in Southeast Asia, Oceana, and Australia. The OCU capital, where the OCU parliament is located, is Canberra, Canberra, Australia. I probably got that wrong. I'm sorry, mate. The union's roots date back to 2006 when the Association of Southeast Asian Nations reorganized itself into the Bangkok Economic Alliance. The alliance is later renamed into the Oceania Cooperative Union in 2019 after Australia and Oceania decided to join the bloc. It is finally considered as a political union in 2026. In the localized version of Front Mission 3, the OCU's full name is presented as Oceania Community Union. The localized versions of subsequent games use the current naming convention instead. The United States of the New Continent The United States of the New Continent, or the USN, 
is a supranational union of the North and South American countries. The USN capital, where the USN central government operates, is Washington, D.C. The union's roots date back to 2011, when its relations with Australia began to sour following a diplomatic incident over the detention of an Australian ship named the Trinidad. The United States and Canada began negotiations on merging with South American countries after the Republic of Zaftra is formed in 2015. These talks culminate in the creation of the USN five years later. In the localized versions of Front Mission, Front Mission 4, and Front Mission Evolved, the USN is presented as the Unified Continental States. The localized version of Front Mission 3 retains the original naming convention. The European Community The European Community, or the EC, is a supranational union of the nations of Europe. The capital, where the EC Central Assembly operates, is Paris, France. The union's roots date back to the European Union's genesis in 1993. In the late 1990s, the EU's founding member states began to convince other European countries to join their banner. The EU is renamed as the European Community in 2005 as the last of the non-EU countries agree to join the bloc. Organization of African Consolidation The Organization of African Consolidation, or the OAC, is an alliance of African countries. This union's roots date back to 2026 when the EC and the OCU assisted the African nations to merge as a superstate. Unlike the other nations, the OAC is divided into five semi-autonomous regional blocs. The South African United States, Union of North African States, the West African States Community Union, the Community of Central African States, and the East African Community. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, it is alphabet soup with this one. I'm not going to read all the acronyms because uh, there's just too many. The Republic of Zaftra. The Republic of Zaftra is a supranational union consisting of Russia and the Commonwealth of Independent States. The Zaftra capital, where the Zaftra Central Administration operates, is Moscow, Russia. The union's roots date back to the dissolution of the Soviet Union in 1991. The former Soviet republics struggle to survive on their own after it collapsed, facing economic hardships and civil conflicts. In an attempt to remedy their issues and make capitalism work, the post-Soviet nations reformed as the Republic of Zaftra in 2015. The Republic of Rabnu is Belarus renamed after it seceded from the Commonwealth of Independent States rather than join the Republic of Zaftra in 2015. The nation's capital is Minsk. The People's Republic of Da Han Zong. The People's Republic of Da Han Zong is formed from the presumably peaceful reunification of China and Taiwan. The nation's capital is Beijing. The music of the series includes the soundtracks of the main series composed of Front Mission through Front Mission 5, as well as the spin-off games, which include Front Mission series Gun Hazard, Front Mission Alternative, Front Mission Online, Front Mission 2089, and its remake Front Mission 2089 Border of Madness, Front Mission 2089 Part 2, and Front Mission Evolved. The soundtracks of the series installments have been released in album form in Japan, with the exceptions of 2089 and 2089 2, Border of Madness, which reused music from the other installments, and Evolved, which was published in 2010. The soundtrack to Front Mission was released in 1995 by NTT Publishing, which also published the soundtrack to Front Mission Gun Hazard in 1996. DigiCube published soundtrack albums for Front Mission 2 and Alternative in 1997 and 3 in 1999. 
Square Enix published the albums for Front Mission 4 in 2004 and 5, and online in 2006. The soundtracks of the series have been warmly reviewed by critics, especially those of the main series and Gun Hazard. The music of Alternative and Online was less well received. The music of the series typically includes a fusion of electronic and orchestral music, though each game and composer in the series has taken the music in different directions. The composers for the series have included Yoko Shimomura, Noriko Masoda, Koji Hayama, Hayato Matsoi, Hidenori Awasaki, and Gary Shiman. A box set of music from across the series is currently planned but has not yet been formally announced or given a release date. In April 1995, Front Mission's original release on the Super Famicom was well received. Famitsu Magazine gave the Super Famicom version of the game first a 9 out of 10 and later an 8 out of 10 in their Reader Cross review. Megafun gave the game a gold for an import game. Front Mission Gun Hazard was related by Fun Generation a 7 out of 10 while Super Game Power gave it a 4.2 out of 5. Famitsu Magazine awarded Front Mission 2 and the game 32 out of 40 points upon its release. The magazine chose the game as their number 63 best game on the original PlayStation. Greg Kassivin of GameSpot praised the graphics of Front Mission Alternative and audio experience, but criticized the game for being too short, and rewarding players with more elaborate story sections if they failed to achieve game missions. Indirectly rewarding failure. He also called the soundtrack a bunch of dizzying techno that doesn't suit the on-screen grandeur. Hardcore Gaming 101 noted it was not a very deep real-time strategy game, but praised its branching stories and variety of endings. GameSpot noted that Front Mission 3 may be a title worth introducing the franchise to American audiences, but criticized its graphics for being a notch lower than Front Mission 2. IGN lauded the game's battle mechanics as rare in other Square installments since Final Fantasy Tactics, but cited the graphics transitions between overhead play and individual battles as spotty. Front Mission 4 holds a 75% on both game rankings and Metacritic. North America reaction to the game was consistent across the board, receiving mixed to generally good reviews. It was praised for its deep gameplay, customizable wanzers, and high production value. On the disapproving side, many felt the plot advanced at a sluggish pace. The AI was subpar, and the menu system was cumbersome at times. GameSpot gave general positive feedback for Front Mission Online, describing how the game was successfully transforming the strategy game series into an action and combat-based experience. In RPG fans' Games of 2006 feature, they enumerated the reasons that Front Mission 5 Scars of the War was the import RPG game of the year, making note of the game's improvements and excellent execution in design and functionality. The game was also voted the runner-up strategy RPG of the year by RPG Fan in their Games of 2006 awards. While the developers acknowledged the good reception and the cinematic focus of the game, they noted that later entries in the series would not necessarily follow the same direction. Greg Miller of IGN scored Front Mission Evolved a 6.0 out of 10, calling it uninspired and that would only appeal to hardcore mech heads. He commented that the missions were mainly frustrating filler, and while the customizations of the Wanzers were enjoyable, it was often negated by missions shoehorning you into annoying loadouts. Calling its story less than stellar, he stated that it doesn't feel like a full-fledged game. 
IGN called Left Alive a failure on every level, with poor controls and game balance issues cited, along with technical glitches. Destructoid praises the game's soundtrack and art direction, but highlighted the low-resolution graphical textures that gave the game a drab look. They also noted laughable enemy physics, where killed enemies would jump in the air however they died. They further described voice acting as varied, from decent to sounding like the actors gave up after one take. Kotaku loved the idea of urban warfare, including searching for improvised weapons to take on war mechs, but the game's stiff and sluggish controls made the game impossibly hard to play. Once again, Front Mission Evolved is a terrible game. I did not like it. That's my opinion, and apparently it's the opinion of multiple critics. But it's up to you to decide. Since 1994, the Front Mission series has spawned numerous products and various media outside of video games. The series has a long-running line of manga and novels that are expanded universe supplements to the stories of the Front Mission video games. Likewise, the series has produced two live-action films directed by Yoshihako Day and a 10-episode radio drama directed by Hiroshi Yamaguchi, both of which further expand the Front Mission universe. Some of the actors and actresses that have been involved in these productions include Banjo Ginja, Hiromi Suri, Dax Griffin, Daniel Keaton, Danielle Keaton, sorry, and Tina Cote. Apart from these, there have been numerous books, toys, and soundtracks that have been published under the Front Mission brand name. There you have it, folks. There is the history of Front Mission. Like I said, I started this out with the first one on the Super Nintendo, and I was hooked ever since. Giant machines, kind of like, uh, well, not really like... Uh, uh, Pacific Rim, because there's no like monsters involved, but your giant machines and you're fighting each other. It's such an awesome series. I have, I, I currently do own the first one. I own three, four, and Evolved, and I think I own the one on the DS. They're still out there. You can get them rel relatively cheap. If you ever get a chance, take some time to play a Front Mission game. I hope you guys enjoyed learning about the history of the Front Mission series. I sure did. There's a couple things I learned and uh, made me want to play the games all over again. As always, you guys can find me at retrobrandgaming at gmail.com if you want to leave some hints, if you want to talk about things I did right or did wrong, or just tell me what the next game should be. Anyway, take some time this week and before the end of the year to play a video game. It doesn't have to be a front mission video game, but why the heck not? Enjoy yourself. So be good people, be good to those around you, and keep on gaming. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please take a second to subscribe. And if you want to get a hold of me, you can at retrobendgaming at gmail.com. Thanks again, and as always, keep gaming.